Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hello, welcome to the show. I am your host, Michael Aceta, founder of Matador Canine Brilliance, author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, and host of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. Thank you for being here today. We're talking about puppy biting, an epidemic that has sworn puppy owners since the dawn of time. Puppies biting the hell out of you, whether it's your hands, your ankles, your face, they're clawing at your face. They're just playing way too rough, and we need to teach them a better alternative. Listen, I'm Michael said, if you don't know who I am by now, I've been training dogs for nearly 10 years. I have an animal science degree with a concentration in canine. I've been working alongside police and service dogs in the past, and now I'm bringing everything that I've learned over the past 10 years with thousands of dogs to you via the Acknowledge Dogs podcast, and all the free content on the internet, whether it's YouTube or social media. If you would like to do one-on-one coaching with me, where you can get a deeper dive into the psychology of dog training, and I can give you the tiny nuances that I can't give you through this kind of platform, head over to training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. You get one-on-one coaching with me, online courses to supplement the coaching, 24-7 trainer support, and... Video reviews, you can send me videos of your training and I can dive into them. If that's way too much for you, like, whoa, I don't need coaching. I just need a little bit, all right? I need a little bit of guidance. That's what today's episode is about if you're struggling with puppy biting. But you can also download a free PDF guide that's going to be in the description that talks about fixing any problem behavior. It's a very simple sequence. Click that. It's absolutely free. It's going to be emailed to you and you can read it at your leisure. But let's jump into it. Puppy, puppy biting. Okay, I've seen many ways to try to combat this. They usually result in punishment. And if they don't result in punishment, they end up making the problem worse most of the time. And I'll tell you why that is in a minute. But puppy biting is natural. It's a natural occurrence. That's how puppies communicate, right? Whether they're playing with each other or they're trying to get attention. The only way they know how to do that is with their mouths. When they're really young, you know, eight weeks and under, they can't even see or hear. Right? Their, their eyes are closed when they come out, and their ears are actually shut. You might not believe it if you've never seen a puppy that young, but their ears are closed. They can't hear anything. So their first you know, form of communication besides their nose is using their mouths. Okay, They'll you know, grab onto mom, or they'll bite mom, or they lick mom. They do all those things with their mouths, and they use their nose to guide them to where mom is. Then they start playing with their litter mates. And the litter mates tell them, hey, you're playing a little too rough, right? You're, 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 you're a little too much. I'm going to go relax over there. And so a puppy might learn to pull back on the biting unless the litter mates are also really bitey dogs, <laughs> right? If you have a litter of Malinois, they all love biting and they all have no problem with playing rough. You might get that one runt of the litter that wants no part of it, but nine times out of 10, those puppies will bite. If you have any working breed, an Australian Shepherd, cattle dog, German Shepherd, all those dogs will bite, and they will bite hard, 
because their litter mates allow them to bite hard. Golden retrievers, yeah, they bite hard. You know, there's there's always going to be some. You don't want to get breed specific here, but on average, labs don't bite very hard. That's why they have a soft mouth. That's why they can hold prey and they can bring it back and all that stuff. So it's a natural occurrence. We have to understand that. We have to understand that puppies are going to nip. They're going to bite. They're going to use their mouths. But we have to teach them how we want them to use their mouths. So my favorite exercise, I recommend this to everybody, whether your dog nips or doesn't, is teaching your dog to think in an aroused state. Right? They got to think clearly in an aroused state in order for you to tell them to do things. So what I do is I get a dog excited for five seconds, and then I stop moving completely. Out of confusion, they'll pause and they'll look at me. I'm going to mark and reward that. I can reward it with a treat, with a toy, or engaging play again. After a few repetitions, the dog will start to understand that playing with me only happens if they're calm, which is fine because playing is still exciting. So they're still going to get amped up about playing but I'm teaching them to be calm in between the playing sessions. So they're not playing, 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 and building and building and building and getting more excited. In fact, the playing now becomes the cue to get calm. It's interesting. It's an interesting thought. And if you can do that, if you can balance it really well, dogs think more clearly when they're excited. Some people will call this capping, okay, excitement capping where they, they get a dog really excited and then they tell a dog to do something and the dog takes all that excitement, all that energy and throws it into whatever they were asked to do. Let's say you told them to sit. I'll throw all that energy into a sit. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about teaching them to be calm even when excited, not take that energy and do something else. Right? If I was playing with them and I asked them for something, they would put all that energy into that thing just because of how excited they are. But when it comes to what I'm doing, you're playing and then you stop. They got to figure it out on their own. They might get more excited, but they also might get bored. And I actually want them to get bored a little bit because when they get bored, they pause and they slow down and they look concerned and they're looking at me and I can mark and reward that. And then I can amp them back up again. This also teaches you something. It teaches you how to balance your dog's excitement and calm mindfulness, right? You can balance those two things. The better you get at that, the easier the next step will be. You have to watch everything about your dog. How excited they get. Are they panting? Are they getting overheated? Are they getting overstimulated to where they can't think clearly? Right, That fine balance of getting them just excited enough to see progress and not excited enough to push them past the point of no return. And what I mean by that is you go to play and you stop moving and they're biting at your legs and they're all over the place. That's what we don't want. You want to get them right to the point where they can still kind of focus. It might take them a second, right? They might hesitate in doing whatever you ask them to do, or in this case, they might hesitate in thinking, but we can still reward that and make it better over time. The more you practice this, the easier the next step comes. The next step is having treats in your hand, okay? You could use toys as well. I just find treats very, very easy. You're going to wrestle with your dog. Now, they're going to smell the treats depending on what treats you use, they definitely should smell. You're going to wrestle with your dog, intentionally trying to get them to put their teeth on you. However, again, remember that balancing act. You're not letting them bite you. So you're bringing them right up to the point where they probably would, excuse me, probably would, and then you're going to stop. Once you stop, 
you're going to give them a treat. They learn playing at that level of excitement, let's say it's a six, does not mean I can bite mom or dad. It means I can play. And the next session, you do six again. Keep doing that over and over until you are confident you can move on to the next step. What I mean by confident is you are 100% sure he will not bite you when you play at that level of excitement. Then you move on up. So maybe you start pushing him and you're running back and forth and you're doing all this and you're getting really excited. So now you're at an eight. And if he goes too far, if he does mouth you, you'd stop playing altogether. You're a robot. Teeth go on you, play stops. If it's really bad, you could get up and completely leave the room. That would be considered our punishment. They've lost their playmate. They've lost hanging out with us simply because they put their teeth on you. You have to be the judge of this. Most cases, I'm going to say if their teeth touch your skin, you should stop playing. And that is a very specific criteria. The teeth touch your skin, period. Some people say if they apply pressure, if their whole hand, if their whole mouth is around your hand, right? There's a different set of criteria for this. I say if the teeth touch me, we're done. Not because I'm a wimp and I don't like puppy teeth. That's not why it is. I can hang with the best of them. But I have a two-year-old. And I constantly think about kids playing with dogs. If a dog is allowed to apply pressure because an adult says, oh, well, I can handle that. That's okay. That's how I like playing with the dog. Eventually, the dog is going to play with a kid at some point in life, whether it's a two-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 13-year-old, whatever it is. And they are going to think it's the exact same as when they played with the adult that allowed that rough behavior. So the dog is going to play that rough with whatever age the kid is. And to me, parent of a two-year-old, I don't want dogs playing with two-year-olds like that. I just, it wouldn't be acceptable. And I think we can all agree. A two-year-old and a puppy is a bad combo in the first place. <laughs> you got so much going on. But if you can teach the puppy not to use its mouth aggressively and not in an aggressive way, but forcefully rather, teaching a puppy to not use its mouth forcefully will help it understand to be gentle with the baby. So you slowly work up, maybe you get to eight, and you reward right before they're about to bite you. And this teaches them to get right up to that level of excitement, of stimulation, and still keep a level head. And then you keep working up. You get up to 10 seconds, or the level 10, rather. Right? You get all the way up. You play as hard as you can, and they won't bite you. And then you even go above that. So you might pick them upside down, you work on body handling, all that kind of stuff to prevent them from putting their teeth on you ever, right? They don't want to get startled and put the teeth on you. They don't want to guard something and put their teeth on you. We did this really, really well with a lab. And he knew his teeth were not supposed to be on you ever. He just knew it. We practiced so much, but he developed a resource guarding habit. He would growl, you're... and he didn't snap. He would just quickly move it away. He was, he was right before, if we were looking at a resource guard hierarchy, he was right before the step of snapping at you. But he really didn't want to because he knew his teeth shouldn't go on you. So he would growl. He would get stiff. He would, you know, cover it. He'd get closer. He'd cover it even tighter. And then he would pull it away from you. That, he was like, I'm going to run with it. He never ran. He would just move it a couple of inches over. We got him to stop doing that. But he started swallowing the items, which became much worse much worse. And this wasn't through suppression. We weren't suppressing him. And suppressing means we're punishing the behavior so much there's no alternative. He just can't do anything. 
and he takes the spirit out of the dog. No, we weren't suppressing him at all. We weren't punishing him at all. He just learned, I can't put my teeth on you, and I don't know what else to do. So we had to teach him some other things to do, which we eventually did, and he stopped swallowing the items. He would just swallow it whole, and he was a puppy, so he didn't know. Not that dogs know any better when they swallow things whole, but. So here's some common mistakes when it comes to puppy biting and how we handle it. This is what I meant earlier. I, I, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Punishment is one way to do it. You can punish your dog for putting their teeth on you. There's a reason I don't like this. Number one, the dog doesn't know it's doing something wrong, so we can't really punish it, right? You can only punish someone if they realize they've done something wrong and they know what they should be doing. Puppies don't know that. We have to teach them. So you have to teach them how to live in our society, so I don't really think we should punish them. But if you do punish them, what ends up happening is you have to punish them every single time, number one, right? Consistency is key. You have to punish them every single time, and everybody else has to punish them every single time. Not only does everyone else have to punish them every single time, everybody new that your dog ends up playing with has to punish the dog every single time. This could go on for your dog's entire life because you did not solve the issue of not knowing what to do, right? They just learn what not to do. And so they have to learn with the new person, oh, do you play by these same rules? Let's find out, right? They have to then go play to find out that that person plays by the same rules that everyone else plays by. It'd be like going up to a basketball court and you're used to regulation rules, but these are street rules. You don't know which one they're playing by until you start playing or if you ask, until you start playing, you don't know if it's street rules or regulation rules. That's exactly what happens with a dog. Oh, do you play by really rough playing rules or do you play by gentle playing rules? I would much rather have a dog want to play very gently than have them play rough and have to get punished over and over and over. Because then they're going to stop playing. They're going to go, okay, every time I play with somebody, I get punished. I don't really like playing with people, which we can create superstitious behaviors and your dog now hates people. I don't want to do that. So then on the other side, typically people will give their dog things instead of biting on them. This is like a, a switcheroo thing. Dog's biting on me. I'm going to substitute with a toy. I think that's one of the worst things you can do. Reason being, if my dog is biting me, why would I reward them with something? This teaches them to get my attention through biting me. Why dog owners do this and trainers recommend it is baffling to me. You should not be substituting what your dog is biting you on, especially if it's play or attention seeking, with a toy. I understand if your dog is chewing on something it's not supposed to, I would recall them away. And yes, I would expect a puppy to know a recall. It's one of the first things you should teach. I'd recall them away and then give them something appropriate to chew on. I think that form of substitution is far better, far better than having them bite you out of play or overexcitement or attention-seeking and substituting with a toy. There's one more mistake that a lot of dog owners and trainers make. This is the owl thing. So they'll get bit and they go, ow! And they expect the dog to learn, oh, I hurt them, let me stop. What often happens is you've interrupted them. Okay? We could go pretty deep here, but you've interrupted the behavior. And then sometimes people will reward them stopping. The dog then learns, oh, I have to wait for them to yell in order to stop in order to get my treat. 
But to get them to yell first, I have to bite them. You may be saying that's way too complicated for a puppy to understand, and I guarantee it's not. Dogs are masters of getting rewards. They just are. Just like if our society, right, and even is, our society is built off you getting rewards. Think about it. Money is a huge reward. Our whole society is built about getting more money, getting more rewards. And people throw their lives away trying to get more of it through gambling, through investing in Bitcoin and hoping it goes up and then they lose all this money. Right? Our society is all about how can I get more, 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 more. And then you have wonderful people who bring everything down and they're minimalists or um, they're not hoarders. I'm not sure what the opposite word about not hoarder is. but So when it comes to your dog and wanting rewards, they are masters of doing the wrong thing to get your attention in order to do the right thing to get the reward. They see that sequence so perfectly. And it takes dog owners and dog trainers a while to recognize it sometimes. We go, okay, they're just doing it. Let's keep keep trying with the process. But once you see it, oh, we got to change something. We got to change something. They're doing the wrong thing to get your attention in order to do the right thing to get the reward. Once you notice that pattern, something's got to change. Something's got to change. You either need to catch them beforehand, right? If they're coming up and biting you in order to get you to yell so that you can give them a treat for not biting you anymore, you need to go back to the exercise I mentioned earlier, right? Playing and stopping them from biting you in the first place, or you need to get rid of that yell, which if you get rid of that yell, they're going to go through an extinction, meaning they're going to bite you over and over expecting you to yell and you're not going to. So they're going to keep trying. They're going to go, wait, this used to work. I maybe I need to keep biting them. So they keep biting you over and over. And you're just in a world of pain at this point. <laughs> But you can't yell because if you yell, you reward them in a variable schedule. It all comes back to everything I talk about on all of these episodes. It all comes back together. So the bottom line is, if you want to teach your dog to stop biting you, you have to teach them to play without biting you. You should also teach them other obedience. And that's going to help them have a bigger repertoire, more skills in their toolbox. So then they do want your attention or they do want something, they can just throw out a beautiful sit. Or maybe they can do a cute trick. This is where paw comes in handy. Not really handy. <laughs> paw, right? You teach your dog paw, and now they paw you for everything. I'd much rather not teach paw first. I would teach a recall. I'd teach sit, down, stay, all those things, all those basic fundamental obedience. Because they're going to start offering up those behaviors. And as long as I recognize those are the good behaviors, I can reward it. And if I reward those so heavily, they're going to give up on the behaviors that don't get rewarded, biting on you barking at you, whining, pawing at you, all of those things. If your puppy is biting, teach them how to play without biting. Teach them what they need to do to get your attention. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this was helpful. If you are interested in coaching with me, click the link in the description or get the free PDF guide. It's going to go through so many problem behaviors and how you can solve them. It's a short 10 page read. I really think it's uh, worth it for you to just read it. Even if you get one piece of information about it, it's good for you. It's absolutely free. It's my gift to you to make sure that you can have some peace in your life <laughs> with your dog. You should have peace in your life. It should be enjoyable to own a dog, and it shouldn't be stressful as it often is. So thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next time.